This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Yo, what's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of Pivotal Conversations. We have officially wrapped up tech month, which is the first time we've actually ran like a structured month of podcasts where we're delivering conversations uh, between myself and Reese, uh, but also guests that we have on the podcast on a particular topic. Uh, and it looks like we're going to be doing a lot more of it. You guys have responded uh, with feedback and, and we really appreciate all your feedback and, and kind of getting behind the podcast and, and helping us continue to bring you know, uh, world-class guests and also, you know, deep dive topics that um, obviously continue to offer value not only to you, but everyone who listens to the podcast. But, um, you know, your feedback was that you really enjoyed it. You really enjoyed the deep dives and and especially having these conversations with guests that, you know, are are obviously helping you in the different elements that obviously wrap together to create what a successful business actually is. So uh, we... As we talk about in this episode, myself and Reese, basically we're gonna we're going through and we take we're we're taking you through our biggest learnings from Tech Month. Um, you know we're pretty lucky to be in the position we are, where you know a lot of the time we get to sit down and and a lot of the people we have on, a lot of our friends and our you know our colleagues are, are pretty smart and they're, they're doing some pretty fucking cool shit. So um, and then there's also some people that you know we get to have on board that is we talk to for the very first time and and you know they're always wonderful conversations. So. Uh, we're going to be diving in. The rest of this month is going to be dedicated. We've got a few cool episodes coming up, uh, which is exciting. And then in March, we're diving into Leadership Month, where we have some massive guests lined up, um, some huge guests, uh, where we're going to, you know, not just bring you leadership from a business sense, but uh, some, uh, you know, left of center guests that you probably wouldn't expect to have on a business podcast that we think are going to bring you a lot of value. So, you know, some exciting things coming up on the podcast, but in this episode, myself and Reese dive into our biggest learnings uh, and from Tech Month, from talking with, you know, Dr. Ian Kaplan and also Mark Fox. Both of those guys are absolute killers uh, in, in their space and, and very futuristic in the way they think about business strategy, especially because they work directly with technology. Uh, and also a conversation that we had, we, we break down our key learnings and there's four key points that we touch on. Uh, you know, which is iteration and making sure that we're not just trying to throw the Hail Mary, but how we can use iteration uh, and especially leveraging technology to make small incremental uh, bits of progress when it comes to our business. The customer journey and customer experience and using uh, customer feedback to drive innovation uh, of the product and and also deliver, you know, a product that really does uh, fulfill the psychological needs of your customers. Uh, we also talk a little bit about brand and how brand precedes technology in a sense and how if you don't have a, 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 you know, a, a brand built uh, and uh, you haven't been working on that, then going into technology will only actually amplify the problem uh, and not the solution. Uh, so we also talk about many other things, but they're kind of some of the t- key topics that you can look forward to in the podcast. So... Before we go, uh, the Diploma of Fitness Business is now officially live. You can currently get the early bird price uh, of $1,000 before it goes up to $1,400. Uh, it's a course, you know, as I've mentioned a few times, you know, the course really is about 
um, building a stable foundation for growth, making sure that you're not tackling growth while having a broken system um, and, and lacking context because that's only going to lead to disaster. Uh, and also, you know, teaching you how to, the equation of growth and how you can, you know, create certainty around growing your business, but also the role growth plays in yourself and building your confidence as a business owner because it is your confidence that is either helping you make progress or holding you back from a lack of. So if you're interested, make sure you jump on that early bird price before it goes up. Hit the link in the show notes. Uh, and as always, guys, keep being great. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Keep listening. Hit the subscribe button. Share it with your friends. Super grateful for every single one of you who tune into the podcast. Hope you enjoy the episode and we'll see you on the other side. We're live, ladies and gents. Welcome to the podcast. I'm sitting here with my boy, Reese. What's happening, Reese? Much, man. But uh the whole life. What uh, weird man. What's going on? It's uh not much back in the uh the Zoom podcasting studio, which is cool, but not really. Um other than that, man, it is you know another day in the office. Lockdown 2.0 down in down here in Melbourne. So uh they've said five days. I've got a feeling it's gonna move to 14 and, and hopefully not much further than that. But um man, I I was really getting used to podcasting in person again. You know, I was I was really enjoying it. Yeah, it was good fun, man. It's good to actually um, like get into a better conversation as well. I feel like that's where you know technology and probably a good conversation to start off the last episode of Tech Month with. That technology lets us down a little bit. That inter- interpersonal connection a little bit goes a bit uh, by the wayside. So, but it is yeah. what it is. We've got to do what we do and uh, do it the best of our ability through Zoom. So here we are. Yeah, you just don't get that flow, right? You don't get that kind of that energy bounce uh, that you would usually get off sitting in a room with somebody and that conversation flow where you can kind of connect on that level. But um, I mean, there's 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 positives and negatives, right? Positives, you can you can now podcast with anyone in the world. Negatives, um, you know, you're not gonna. It's it's just not the same as doing it in person. Um, not to say that you can't have these great conversations, but you just you know, it's a lot harder to get that flow. One good part of it is though, we don't have to, uh, for the people that are tuning in on video, when we do video, we don't have to see you tapping your leg for four hours. So <laughs> yeah, one, one big positive. Yeah, yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> I've been right. to- I was a kid. That's fucking, that's a low blow. Um, all right, so we just, we've literally just wrapped up tech month um, and, and we, you know, we've pretty much de- dedicated a whole month worth of podcast episodes to technology and the implications of technology with, within business. Uh, and we had, you know, Dr. Ian Kaplan uh, on the show, who is the head of product at Hybrid Performance Method. The, he's the, the mind behind, you know, uh, what are quickly growing to be some of the, the most, you know, uh, well-known and, and high-end products in the market. They offer training, they offer um, apparel, they're offering nutrition, now they're into courses. Uh, they're moving at the speed of light and not only are they doing that, and, but their products are, are world-class as well. And you know, I know that they do they put a lot of work in in the background to actually understand how to deliver their products. So through technology and, and kind of code, 
but also how to understand what products uh, their customers are, um, are taking to the most. So that was a really cool, insightful conversation. Um, he just had a lot to say. I mean, his journey is cool. Like, you know, he, his journey was, you know, he's a chiropractor by trade, um, you know, and he's kind of come into the industry, got a job at hybrid uh, and then ended up building the technical, the technological skills that has now allowed him to basically work on 99% behind the scenes. And I think he's a really good example of, you know, when I think about it, he's a really great example of what you can do when you mix technology with a skill set, right? So, you know, he's building and coding for them and kind of building their stable system, but he also has that background knowledge, right, of, of what's actually necessary to code someone. Uh, and, and, you know, that's mixing those two together, I think, is probably what has allowed Hybrid to create you know, the, the products that they have, um, you know, when it, especially when it comes to the training. So that conversation was great. You know, it was, it was all about making sure that um, if you do truly want to expand your scope and what's possible with your business, then technology is the answer to that. And, you know, me and you can definitely both attest to that. Absolutely. And then um, we obviously had Mark Fox as well, capping off a big, big month in tech month who he uh, really took us through some of the systematic approaches he takes when it comes to building platforms online and, um, you know, the things to consider before even going down that pathway and just also diving deep into the psychology of why technology is going to be a big thing for us in the future. Um, and look, man, I think this month we've kind of, we've had a couple of really cool guests on, we've learned some really good, good stuff. So it's a good opportunity for us today to kind of recap, go through some of our biggest learnings, biggest takeaways, probably a smaller episode than what the guys at home are used to, but some, I guess, uh, some more quick fire things that we've really taken away from it, uh, from our perspective and, you know, we can, what we can really dive deep into, what we should be really paying most attention to over the next couple of months in regards to technology. Yeah, I think Mark's a really good example, you know, just before we dive into that, Mark's a really good example of, I mean, how he's very futuristic, obviously, in the way he thinks, and, and he's, he's obviously very technological driven. Mark works with some of the best names in the industry, builds platforms for them, and then, you know, actually helps them manage those platforms and, and kind of does a lot of the back end that you don't see, um, which you know, if you look at the pinnacle of the industry, he only works with, you know, the, the absolute best of the best. And, you know, that's where they, that's what they're doing, right? The best of the best are starting to leverage technology. Uh, and I think that, you know, naturally that's a good sign of where the future is heading and, and you know, what better guest to have on than the person who's actually doing and, you know, building that for those those guys in the industry, but also managing it and, and kind of, you know, we only see, the front of what a great product looks like. You know, you look at Eugene's, uh, you know, a Gambaru method, you're looking at, hyper, you know, Joe Bennett's hypertrophy code, his platform, JP, Jordan Peters, you look at all that. We only see the front end and, you know, a lot of the time you don't realize how much back end goes into it. And it was great to get a bit of insight on that from Mark. Man, and we were realistically in that conversation, not even scratching the surface as the back end on that. Like the scale, you know, obviously we've had conversations with, with, um, with Mark, off camera and off off air and stuff where you know the scale of this stuff building systems to to that degree is just massive um but it was really cool to get an insight for like you know the the general small business goer that you know 
is going down that path, maybe not to that extent, but things to consider and, you know, how to set this up in the best way possible so you can actually succeed and mitigate risks. You know, you know like, as we know, business obviously has it has its risks, but if you can mitigate as many of them as possible, just through the processes you take and um, you're going to be in a better situation. And Mark definitely kind of mapped that out very well. So I think, man, I think this month's been really cool. I think this month with tech month has been an eye opener for a lot of people. The feedback's been really cool. So what were your, like, let's start with you, man. What were your big take homes this time? And let's dive deep into them. Yeah, I think the biggest one for me was iterate, don't perfect. And this is something that we can all get, you know, extremely caught up in, you know, like that paralysis by analysis is in terms of like trying to perfect a product before we actually launch it. And, you know, he talked about MVP, which is minimum viable product. And he goes, you know, you should aim to get an MVP out and, and test it and then look at what people are finding valuable and what they're not finding valuable. And a really good point that he made, which I really liked was um, the fact that they do it by, they have kind of three main mechanisms in which they actually get that feedback. The first one is data. So actually looking at what people are engaging with and what they're not, and, you know, uh, literally, you know, um, direct feedback. So, you know, uh, getting that feedback in terms of uh, having conversations with customers and then also like an NPS or like a feedback form where it's like they're actually getting people to fill out forms and get feedback in that way. And, and then using all of that to actually dictate what the next move is, um, and then making that quickly and trying to make these iterations quickly and then doing the exact same process, you know, allowing the data to guide them. And, you know, that was, that was a big one for me is like, okay, allowing them to actually iterate their product to get towards this product that customers value rather than trying to create this predictive model um, of you know, this perfect product that, you know, you think is going to work. And as I said, you know, we've all fall, we all fall victim to this, you know, we all have these great ideas and then the idea ends up, kind of our ego gets so caught up in this idea and it's going to be the best idea ever and it's going to work and in the end we might release it and and a lot of the time you know that predictive model might not be right and I don't know what the percentage is right but I'm not going to say that it's more than it's not because I don't know that but I think you know the most important factor there is that a lot of the time it's it's guessing and, and guessing in business is it's probably not the way you want to play the majority of the time. I think sometimes you've got to guess and you've got to go with your intuitive side. And, and sometimes that's, you know, the, the irrational side is what creates the most ROI and the most return. Sometimes. Yeah. But it's, yeah. that's the thing, what I was saying before, it's like, you should mitigating those risks. Like sometimes there's, there's going to be risks, right. But like educated risks, right. Educated guesses, right. You're not most of the time when something comes out successful, man, you're not going into it completely blind going, okay. I'm just going to have a guess. Yeah, yeah. I've experienced that and I'm sure you have too. It's like, you know, I've released products before and, and I thought they were going to be the best things ever. And then you, you know, you kind of, you release them and, and it doesn't work out the way you want it. And then you kind of look back and you're like, oh, in hindsight, probably wasn't, you know, the best way to do it. And the best way to do it is what your customers engage with. And sometimes that's not, you know, that's, it's so, it can be so left of center, mm-hmm. uh, what people actually want. Um, at, you know you, you do really have to iterate so i think like you know don't not perfecting it and actually iterating and getting an mvp out there and then con- making these consistent small changes based on customer feedback was definitely one of the one of my uh, biggest takeaways from speaking with both ian and mark and then even some of the conversations that me and you had definitely it was definitely iterate and perfect uh, and then i would say um the second one for me was 
uh, was definitely with, with with chatting with Ian and, and Mark's probably the example of this, you know, within his own business. But Ian is also uh, he's also a great example of this. But Ian talked about it quite heavily. Is that you need to build technological skills and and those technological skills are about delivering understanding how we can use those skills to deliver long-term value instead of just simply chasing the next dollar because i think that's what technology really allows us to do you know technology we are literally humans are built for survival right we are literally that we are wired to survive which means we, we often spend a lot of our time trying to predict the future ourselves right based on what we are experiencing in real time so you know we, based on this situation we are in right now we will literally try to predict the future except you know we're emotional uh, and there's emotion attached to that and emotions are great they're not it's not that they're bad for us i think sometimes they get a bad rap but i think using tech building technological skills right to actually create some type of stable machine or business in a sense that can deliver long-term value for you and allow you to create these predictive models based on that customer feedback and actually having the skills to do that because i think without it you're purely relying on your own intuition and and like i said before that can kind of it can kind of create this disease of short-termism, right? Where it's like, you know, I'm only ever chasing the next dollar. And that was something that he, Ian said that I really loved. Um, yeah, I just, I, it kind of, it was one of those magical moments, something just, you know, I don't want to say it was, you know, when I say magical, I don't, it sounds a bit fucked up, right? But what I mean is, is like, there was a point of, and he's so right, like a lot of the short-termism in fitness business and, and in the fitness industries, due to a lack of business education for one, but also a lack of under the, the technical skills necessary when it comes to technology to actually start getting that customer feedback. Like we talked about Mark before and Mark was, you know, they get it in three different ways. Well, you look at all three of those ways and two of them don't exist if you don't have the technology, technological skills, mm-hmm. right? That was kind of mic, 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 uh, Mixing those two together is something that I think is is kind of really important, right? Where you've got those the technological skills to get the data and the feedback that you need through that, seeing where people are engaging, uh, and then obviously the direct feedback that you can do by just talking to your customers. So I think, you know, me and you have a firm belief that um, people in business chase the dollar and, and they're in this short-term mindset, they can only ever worry about the next dollar. And I think technology will allow people to start to open their scope of um, looking into the long-term. And I think by looking into the long-term, it'll actually start to open their scope of what act, what what is actually possible for them. You know, a lot of the time we look at business owners and, and the majority, for the majority, the measuring stick of success is, is actually quite low. The standard is low. And that's because the standard of business owner is low. So, I think t- building your your, your skill set when it comes to technology is an absolute non-negotiable if you actually want to exist in this industry in the future. And although that sounds really obvious, uh, not everybody actually does it. So I think that's one of the that, those were my two big takeaways. I think um, something you said there, where like technology allows us to open the scope towards growth. I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's right. I think it requires us. It doesn't, it's not an allowance. It's a, it's a, an obligation, right? We need to grow. We need to learn these skills to actually um, keep up with the direction of this industry. Like, you know, six months ago, maybe not six, 12 months ago, 
virtual training was not a thing, right? There are now virtual trainers like making six figure businesses by sitting on Zoom, instructing people on how to do shit, right? That was, that didn't exist, right? So we've now had to not, we don't, we're not allowed. It's not something that we have choice on. I don't think if, if we want to be a business in the next five years, 10 years, 20 years, I feel like it's a, it's an obligation that we need to actually adapt and grow and learn this skill set in many different avenues of technology for us to be, you know, in the situation where, you know, we, we can actually shit like COVID can happen. We can pivot very well because without technology, think where many businesses would be like COVID hit without technology, what would happen? Yeah, you'd, exactly. you'd be fucked. Exactly. Exactly. Right? Something on that as well. Right. It's like, not only are there trainers out there, but competition exists in many different forms, right? It's not just, you know, a lot of people think that their competition is only the trainer next to them or the trainer in the gym with them or the online coach that is in the local area or whatever. And it's like, that's just not the case. Like, you know, the reality is, is that competition exists on many different levels. You know, Netflix, you, know, you ask them who their biggest competitor is, they say sleep, right? And it's like, you know, that tells us that you need to be thinking about competition in many different ways. You know, if somebody's spending three grand on a Peloton bike, they're probably not spending three grand with you unless they're fucking bowling, right? But, you know, money and time are the scarcest assets that we have as humans. And that means if somebody's spending their time with, on, with someone with a different brand and they're spending their money on a different brand, there's less a chance that they're going to spend it on you. So although you think that, oh, you know, Peloton and Mirror and Tonal, they're never going to be my competition. Well, the reality is if they're spending three grand on something like that, they're probably going to be your competition, whether you like it or not. And potentially, you know, we can start to look even deeper than that. Well, where else are people spending their resources? If somebody's not, you know, prioritizing their health during a lockdown or they're not prioritizing their health in general, they're probably spending their money in other places. Right. And, and that, you know, looking at competition that way um, is really important because it's going to change, you know, like if you do view Peloton as your competition, then you're probably going to want to try to match them in the customer experience section. And a lot of that is going to be done through technology. Yeah. Right. Which means that you're not get, you're never going to be able to match Peloton in technology. They're fucking multi, 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 multi. Um, I think they're, you know, billion dollar company. Right. So it's like, okay, well, if they're a if they're a billion dollar company, you're never going to be able to keep up in terms of technology, but you can try to create the same um, or you know a same standard of customer experience, and a lot of that again has to come through technology because that's where it can start to expand and grow. Yeah, and you're leveraging not just but you're you're leveraging yourself. You're leveraging who you are and what you have created through technology. Not just relying on technology to convey the service, right? Now, that, that I think that's like one big thing that, and we'll get to that. Is but like one thing that I really took away from this is like the way you structure your brand and your like in co coexistence with your product and technology really really matters because like like you said peloton might be a billion dollar company and they're going to be far more advanced on technology than most if not all small businesses could ever be right but where they will lack is that interpersonal connection right and you can still give that via ways of technology and this is going to be the thing that um potentially sets you apart from you know multi avenues of competition that you never thought you would be up against now like very close to home example in this like We've got a trainer in Perth, right? 
a year ago, two years ago, they would have never said that trainers in Melbourne were their competition. Whereas now, you know, you've got people in different countries who are fighting for the exact same market you are. So, and this is like the world of online coaching has very, very fast. Like it's been, it's expanded ridiculously, right? Online coaching has become like the normal thing. It's weird if you work in a gym now, right? That's like, they're the minority now. Now that when, I don't know what, if we go back five years, right? I think that was like when I got my first online client, man, there was like no competition. I, I can, I can just imagine now if I had the technolo- technological skill set that I have now with creating systems back then, oh, dominate. So true. It's so true. But I think it's a, you know, as we said, it's a, it's a really important, you know, cause a lot of people do get disheartened by that. It's like, you know, they don't want to see Peloton as competition because they don't think that they can, they can match them. Right. But that's like, just because they, it's because like people want to remain in comfort. Like it's easy to be in denial and say, they're not going to be competition. It's easy. It keeps yeah. them safe. But 10, 15 years down the track or maybe, maybe sooner, when Peloton's knocking at the door of all of their clients and they go, fuck. It already happened, bro. Like, it's yeah. already here. Not why didn't I pivot? Like, why didn't I pivot? You know, like, so. If you can't lift weights, like, man, I'm running. Like, you know, I'm someone who's lifted weights my whole life. And now because of COVID, I'm running more. Like, and I've, and I've actually, I actually kept that habit up, right? And, and like, that's a, that's a sign. If somebody who went into COVID went in and they bought a Peloton bike or they, they bought mirror or tonal or they did whatever they start even competition. They started running outside. Mm. They started going for runs, you know, like I'm going on runs now, which is taking my time away from going to the gym, which means that, you know, potentially down the line, I could cancel my gym membership. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that is, that is a sign. Right. And again, it's not about, and I just want to reiterate this point. You, you have to, you know, if you think that Peloton and these guys and all of these companies out there that are providing this virtual experience, right? This virtual customer experience aren't your competition. You're absolutely fucking kidding yourself. It's just naive. It's just complete naivety. And and again, the way to match it with them is not on the technology side because they code. They then you know they've got their own. They've got they they got billions and billions of dollars in this going into this part of their business. But it's to you know it's it's about perspective. Right? You can shift your customer's perspective by using technology, which is exactly what you said before, Reese. And I've got a quote in front of me. I wanted to find this, but it's in a book that I read called Alchemy. And it's by Rory Sutherland, who is a marketing guy. And he said, oh, he talks about rationality, rationality versus irrationality. And that's, that's the argument we're making right now. Ration, you know, if you were thinking rational, you know, and, and rationally, sorry, you would say, yeah, they're not our competition. Or you'd say, yeah, I can't, I can't keep up with them. Like that's, you know, you, they're the two arguments that we're making. And what we're asking you to do is start to think irrationally. And, and you know, the irrational way to think is, well, I, I can match them. I just have to leverage what I've got to change their, the customer's psych, psych, uh, psychology or their perspective. And there's a quote here. A rational leader suggests changing the course. An irrational one can change the weather, right? And what he's talking about there is like, you know, uh, let's say that you're trying to get to a certain destination and the weather is extremely poor. A rational leader will say, well, well, let's go around. Let's, Let's go, you know, let's change the course. Let's go to a different location. And an irrational leader 
would say, well, why don't we try to change the weather, right? And, and, and both of those have different outcomes. Now, really all we're looking at here is it's purely a metaphor for if you can think irrationally, you can change the perspective. And that's what, you, that's what technology will allow you to do. And that's how, you, you know, if you leverage it in the right way, you will be able to keep up with these, you know, these larger companies. And, and, you know, not only that, but you will start to capture competitive market share against your narrow competition, right? Which is the other trainers, which is, you know, these people around you, the other online coaches, the other osteos, the other, you know, um, uh, chiropractors. I will say, I will, I will, to your point, man, as well, it's, I don't even think it's about keeping up. It's about just getting on the fucking board. Like, you know, success leads clues. If these big, big companies are pushing billions of dollars into tech, there's a fucking reason, right? Get yourself on the board, get like, get a score on the scoreboard in any way, shape or form, then you can start leveraging it. It's not about trying to climb to number one if you're at number 100. Like, okay, you might not be able to compete with them, but you can create the, use the systems that they have used by follow suit and trying to change it and pivot in different direction to try and create your own version of, you know, the technological advancements that they have made. And you can leverage what you've got, exactly what you said. Now, what you've got is your brand. Um, and that's one big thing. The biggest thing I took away from the tech month conversation is brand will still proceed to technology, right? If you have a shitty ass brand, you're not going to be able to leverage technology in a way that will actually get more revenue, more time, whatever you're trying to do through tech. If you don't have a clear message and a clear pathway from what your clients actually want, this comes back to iteration as well, learning, looking at data, letting them dictate what direction the business goes in. If you don't do that, you're just essentially one, letting your ego fuel your business and go, well, I want to go here. Um, don't care what the data says. And two, you're just wasting a hell of a lot of time uh, for potential you know, downfall. 100%. It's, it's really interesting, right? Because brand is all about irrational. You know, like, I mean, it actually does connect now. Like brand is all about uh, connecting with the customer's psychology and having a brand that uh, creates these irrational associations around our business, right? It's about the intangible and the irrational. Uh, and how can we make that, you know, tangible and, and kind of create clarity in the customer's mind. And, you know, the whole kind of point here is brand precedes technology. But I actually think like, you know, what you said before is like, I actually think you can compete with these guys. And I, I mean, you know, cause it's, when we say compete, it's not about making the same amount of money or having the same size business. It's about making sure that your customers aren't leaving to go to these companies. You know, that's how competition exists. And, um, you know, I think the way you got to do that is by, you know, communicating or create, you know, creating a perspective that your company offers more value than these other companies do. Right. Like, you know, how does your product provide more value than the product uh, of the Peloton bike or, or these kind of things? And, you know, the reality is, is the technology doesn't matter. It's the perspective of that value that is provided. Right. So in a situation where you're in a lockdown, yeah, like Peloton is extremely valuable. But, you know, in another situation, it might not be. And that's the kind of that's the drive home point. Right. It's like, how can you leverage your brand? to kind of connect and communicate with your customers on a psychological level to shift their perspective and really create uh, a, you know, perceived value, right? Perceived value, right? So it's, it's about perspective, right? And then how can we start to, to shift their perspective to, you know, lean towards our company as the most valuable, you know, it comes back to customer you know, iteration. We need to actually understand what the customer deems value as value before and then go and create that uh, or shift their perspective to, to start to see our company as more valuable.
right? So when we're talking about technology, example is this, well, okay, um, Peloton creates a really great customer experience by uh, allowing you to compete with others. Well, you know, potentially is there a way that you could match them on that and then deliver some type of other value? Maybe it's potentially um, some type of community, right, through technology. You know, there's many ways that you can do that now. Is there a way that you can use uh, some type of passive uh, value in the background? Podcasting is huge now. Every, you know, how like podcasting is absolutely growing uh, and I think that is a, you know, potentially there could be some type of education in the background. So your customers value education. What do they value? You know, uh, and could you create a podcast around that as a post-purchase strategy? You, leveraging technology. Like there's so much that you can do, right? But it's about understanding what your customers value and then leveraging that value through technology to shift that perspective. So brand definitely does precede technology, right? It's like, you know, uh, the way I look at any type of even like paid advertising as an example, that's an ex that's another example of leveraging technology. But you know, uh, paid advertising often gets looked at as like this devil or savior, right? It's like people get into it because they're looking for this this quick fix, this hail mary. It's like ah, oh, you know, I've seen every fucking Facebook ad guru post, you know, how they've got Susan seventy k in like three days, and it's like, well, you know fucking shame on you to the marketers that are only showing them one side to the, the coin, right? But that's not the point here. The, the point here is that, um, you know, Facebook and any type of paid advertising only amplifies a system that already works, right? And it's like, you know, if you have a system that doesn't work, of course, like technology is not going to work for you either. Like, you know, you've got to have a brand and then understand how to leverage that brand using technology, not just leverage technology, Mm -hmm. if your technology isn't creating a great customer experience you're going to have friction and that friction is going to mean less repeat purchase less people willing to share less people willing to kind of um promote your business and promote your product and and that's you know sustainable growth is characterized by the actions of past customers that influence future customers and it's because that advertising only gets more and more expensive so if you have to, if you have to keep buying spending more and more on advertising you're actually becoming less profitable so the most sustainable way of growth is to get you know your past customers to do the selling for you yeah well and that's again coming back down to the, the post-purchase experience this is all uh ties very well into branding and tech like i feel like Branding and tech go hand in hand. If you can actually nail your branding, you can leverage better portions of technology. Um, but also like this whole conversation, it just sparks one to one. It's probably something that we will eventually flesh out more on a on another episode because I feel like it's fucking huge. But like not getting so attached to your desired target market before you have a target fucking market. Like people get so caught up on niching and like getting specific. But you know, if you're not taking advice and taking direction from the market itself from the people that actually buy your product um, and just staying too, uh, I guess, confined to what your initial thought process of your brand is, you're not going to be able to leverage your technology in the, in the right ways, right. In the right areas. You know? Yeah. Understand. And I think like, you know, back on that niching, back on niching, right. I think like the, the biggest mistake people make with niching is they purely focus on demographics and, and that's what gets them lost. Right. Yeah. And that's like, you know, uh, I like to think of it in terms of focusing on an unmet need, a psychological need, because it doesn't narrow, you know, like 
50 year olds use Uber and so do 20 year olds, right? Mm. The psychological need is, is, you know, is the same, right? And it's like, I think that a lot of the time understanding what the unmet need is or the psychological need comes from that customer experience orientation and that customer feedback, like understanding what a customer needs and what their, you know, the psychological reason they're purchasing or wanting to purchase um, uh, will allow, will give you way more insight in terms of, um, fucking anything like it'll give you so much more insight in terms of selling your product leveraging technology all of that so i just really think that you know when when it does come to niching focusing on an unmet need doesn't narrow that scope in a sense and doesn't create that you know um that uh fear that most you know uh, business owners have right and i think that that's probably you know that's a that's a drive home point because it's when you are focusing on an unmet need or the psychological reason that the product matters, you're usually going to have to get that from the customer. You know, like, you, you know, that's, you're not going to guess. We're going to start to speak to our customers, get that feedback. And then that's, what's going to allow us to actually start to um, get a deeper understanding and create a product that actually fulfills that need. Yeah. And overall, like bringing this back to tech, like without tech, it's super inefficient to do that. So, you know, you can you can leverage technology and this is probably one big thing that to sum up this whole this whole tech month you can leverage tech to create growth you can te- leverage tech to buy you back more time to create more efficiency to give a better customer experience there is like so many avenues you can go down in the way of technology um even just to make your own life easier right um not even the way of like the, the client's experience but just how you experienced your clients um it's it's, it's so multifactorial in the directions you can go. And I feel like it's coming back to your initial point of that paralysis by analysis to launch a product. It also comes back to paralysis by analysis of like what area of technology to start focusing on first. Like the key, the key point there is just start, start something, right? Go in one direction rather than thinking about going in 10 and moving nowhere. Yeah, I think frameworks make a big difference there as well. Like, you know, we honestly, like, we, we've obviously got our Diploma of Fitness business course coming up and, and this is kind of, I'm, I'm really not trying to plug this away but because I'm fucking proud of it. But, you know, the reason I'm bringing this up is because a lot of that first half of the course is about taking people f- through frameworks so they can understand their customers on deeper levels, um, understand their product on a deeper level and understand their brand on a deeper level. And it's because these are strategic assets, right? These, these get you long-term return um you know uh from uh creating that context into you know how you are plan to grow your business how you plan to deliver your service and so on and and the context is the key there right and it's because understanding what technology you want to leverage first and and within the at what different points within the customer experience probably is needs to be contextualized by those strategic assets, right? Like if I don't understand my brand, I don't know, I don't truly know what I'm doing. I'm just guessing. I'm like, oh yeah, that's fucking cool. Why don't I use that, right? Instead of going, okay, well, you know, my customer experience is going to be premium. So do I really want to have, you know, a a software that doesn't have this particular feature and that feature might um, portray premium in a sense or create that premium experience where the customer feels extremely valued and they feel like it's high end 
So, you know, that's just a little example, but, you know, a lot of the, a lot of what people are lacking is that context, right? Is that understanding of brand product niche before actually diving into leveraging technology. And then when something doesn't work, wondering why, or that, that kind of, that mindset of, ah, oh, like, I wonder why this didn't work. Oh, you know, oh, this, that sucks, you know, must just be a shit piece of technology or, you know, my, that software was, you know, that wasn't good. My customers hated it. It's like, yeah, well, like you made the decision in the first place. And I think that like, as I said, a lot of what people are missing is context when they're making decisions. And, and that's why, you know, that's why they keep kind of running into these roadblocks and lacking the growth that they can potentially have. Because, you know, if you can get, if you can make decisions, especially with technology that are leveraged from, you know, deep dives when it comes to context, damn, you can create world-class products that actually catch fire. Absolutely, man. Couldn't agree more. We're gonna wrap it up. Uh, tech month in the fucking books. Uh, we've got something exciting coming up. So we've got a couple of weeks of just some riffraff delivering value to you guys on no particular topics in general, um, but in you know we're gonna kind of let it roll and whatever we seem uh, to be what you guys want and in terms of what you guys are finding valuable for uh, for the next three weeks. And then we're gonna kick off March, which is gonna be leadership month. Uh, so some pretty big guests uh, in the books, uh, which we've already locked in, which is pretty cool. Um, we're not going to release those just yet, but keep an eye out because it's there's some pretty fucking epic guests. If I'm, if I'm excited about these guys, you, you will be too. So <laughs> say that much. Awesome. So we hope you enjoy Tech Month. If you would like to leave us some feedback, um, feel free to reach out to myself, uh, Kyle R. Trainer. Feel free to reach out to Reese as well. What's your handle, Reese? Reese Livingstone. Awesome. Um, and as I said, we hope you enjoyed this episode as well, guys. A lot of insights from Tech Month um, that you can go and apply to your business straight away. Um, and make sure you hit the subscribe button if you are listening to this and you aren't subscribed so that you can keep continuing to hear the episodes and the guests that we bring to you. Uh, and as always, guys, uh, we hoped you enjoyed absolutely every episode of tech month and we will see you on the other side thanks guys want to say a big thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the show uh if you enjoyed the episode make sure you hit the subscribe button uh feel free to share us share the episode with your friends and family and feel free to leave us a review as well uh you know we all the support that we get for the for the show and especially now that we've revamped it uh we're trying to bring something that's got a little bit more value it's definitely appreciated and if you have a question uh for strategy sessions next week you want us to take a bit of a deep dive and help you work through some of the roadblocks in your business or you just want some help creating some winning strategy you can shoot me an email at kyle at elitevitalitycoaching.com but I'll leave it there until next week. Stay safe, stay, safe, stay healthy, uh, and I'll see you on the other side.